Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Right now, people are having a hard time discerning where is God at work and how can I step in and join Him? And I think one way to do that, one lens that we can put on, is to look for good. Because we know that every good and perfect gift is from Him. We're living in a time where it can be a little more difficult to seek out goodness. Today we're joined by Alexandra Kirkendall. She's going to help us find that good and remind us that God is still at work even in small ways. She says God is still in control and He still offers us good gifts. We just have to know where to look for them. Alexandra Kirkendall joins us today. She is a popular writer as well as speaker. She's also the National Network Director at Project 127. Tell us a little bit about that and what Project 127 is. Yeah, 127 is um, a ministry to churches and families that are involved in the foster care system here in Colorado. Uh, We try to connect families and churches to kids who are waiting either for adoption or for temporary placement in foster care. But my job is to support leaders around the country who are trying to do the same thing. So we, through Project 127, because we've been around for a while, we try to connect uh, leaders who are either just starting or doing similar ministries in states around the country. What got you involved in that in the first place? You know, um, I really believe that we as the church need to love our neighbors well And God has put us each in our communities to do unique things. And one of the unique things we can do is care for kids who are needing a safe place. And um, so it kind of naturally fit as far as my passions. I wrote a book that came out a couple of years ago titled Loving My Actual Neighbor. And then um, this particular role that I have is about Uh, leaders in the church and leaders that are reaching out into their communities. And I have some experience through my time at Mops International, working with leaders around the world as they partner with churches. And then my work with the Open Door Sisterhood, where we uh, coach and lead mastermind groups for Christian women leaders. I like the the idea in Canada, there's something called Safe Families Canada, Uh the same idea. They connect uh, churches with people and it kind of before the foster care system and trying to help out families uh, get that safe place for the kids. And my church was involved with that and really not only transformed the individuals that were active with families and had kids in their home, but it transformed the whole church because the whole community bands together to help them out. It's pretty amazing to watch things like that. It is. And we do have safe families here in the U S too. Oh, and nice. Um, yeah, we want to help families um, throughout the spectrum of the process, but we um, we want to also make sure we're helping families that are trying to do what they need to do to get their kids. Um, and a lot of parents are working really hard to get sober, to get stable housing, um, to do the things that they need to do to be a safe family themselves for their kids to return back to them. And so my husband runs a ministry here in Denver that provides transitional housing to people. And so I have worked with families on that end that are finally getting some safe, stable housing and they're making some changes in their lives so that they can um, get their kids back. I'm hearing a common theme here, which goes along with your book and that's seeking out goodness and everything. And, And I noticed that just as you speak about what you're doing, tell us about your book, Seeking Out Goodness and the inspiration behind this book. Yeah, so I, you know, I, 
I do my best to love my neighbors. I'm a mom of four girls and I call myself a kitchen anthropologist. And by that, I mean, (laughs) I stand in my kitchen a lot and I look at the world and I try to see what God is doing and how I can encourage people to partner with him in what he's already doing. And right now people are having a hard time discerning where is God at work and how can I step in and join him? And I think one way to do that, one lens that we can put on is to look for good because we know that every good and perfect gift is from him. We know that his character is good. So if we see something good in the world, even if it doesn't have that Christian label on it, we can kind of pull that thread and see that the origins really, if we go back far enough, are him. And so one way that we can partner with him is really to look for the good, but how? That's always the question. How do we find what is good, especially in a world where we feel like the news and the headlines are terrible, Mm. um, that life feels a little unstable, things that we have counted on in the past, like sending our kids to school or Mm -hmm. um, being safe, walking around in the world, that those things feel a little less sure. How do we still believe that God is at work? And I think Philippians 4, 8 gives us a really good framework on what specifically to look for. And as a reminder, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then when we think about them, we're starting to identify them. And then when we identify them, we can join God where we see evidence of his work there. So is this um, like kind of, it's, yeah, like an instruction to ignore the bad, just ignore the bad and only focus on good things? Well, no, because that would be silly, right? (laughs) And impossible in our actual lives. Um, It's remembering that God is still with us. And so even in the midst of hard circumstances, especially in the midst of hard circumstances, he is with us and he is present. And if that's hard to believe, then maybe it's a discipline of stopping and considering, okay, what is true? What is true about God? What is true about me? Okay. From that truth, I'm going to move forward and I'm going to look for what is maybe lovely in the world. I'm having a hard time. So I'm going to go outside and I'm going to use my five senses. And I'm going to remember that God's creation is still all around me. And maybe it's looking for the best in somebody else or honoring, looking for what is honorable and honoring what is good in someone else. Even if, and I'm going to say again, especially if, We don't agree with everything about either the way someone is choosing to live or the way that they voted. You know, we've been locked up in our homes and, and I think, you know, for good reason, we had good reason to be at home for a while, but we didn't have a lot of face-to-face interaction with people for a good stretch. And at the same time, we started getting information about them because we were interacting with them on social media in new and different and maybe more intense ways. And all of a sudden, we know things about what people believe, about their worldview, and yet we're not having those daily interactions with them. It's a very strange 
way to have relationships with people. And especially on social media, people may be people you know well, but they also may be people you don't know that well, but your friends on Facebook. So how do we move forward? And I think one thing is to honor what we know is true, uh, that is good. And we can start with the very basics that every person is made in God's image, and we can honor that about them. And then we can believe the best in them, that even though they may not come to the same conclusions that we do on a particular political issue, um, they still have things that are true about them that are good. What has this journey been like for you? Have you learned anything while writing this book? Yeah, I think it's uh, really a great reminder for me that we find what we're looking for. Because as you said, Mike, the, the bad is around us. We don't have to look for the bad, but that's the nature of this world, right? Since sin entered the big story, we have been dealing with hard things as a human people. Um, but it's reminding myself that the good is there if I look for it. And just like anything, you know, if you're looking to buy a house, all of a sudden you're seeing houses for sale everywhere. If you're wanting to have a baby, all of a sudden it feels like everyone around you has babies. But the same is true for looking for what is good. Once we start looking for it, we start seeing it everywhere. And so it's been a great reminder to me that really we see what we're looking for, whether it's in other people, whether it's in systems, whether it's uh, in the headlines, we can find good if we're looking for it. The past couple of years have been, as you've said, very difficult. Did you plan on releasing this prior to all of this? (laughs) Or was this just God's work and, hey, it's out there now at the perfect time? Yes. Well, that is interesting. I'm glad you asked that. Um, you know, I'd been talking to my publisher about this. Um, I was just in the process of putting in a proposal when in February of 2020. So mm-hmm. I think we were on this trajectory already of just being more contentious, of not believing the best in each other. And then I put it on hold. Um, and my publisher came back and said, um, I think it was summer of 2020. Should we do this? And I thought, yeah, let's do it. And let's do it fast. Let's get it out there as quickly (laughs) as we can. Um, So it did feel timely in that way, but I don't think the pandemic and all that has surfaced since the pandemic happened um, brought out anything that wasn't already um, bubbling up, I guess. Um, I was already seeing as... I was considering what does it mean to love our neighbors? Where are we failing in doing that? What's preventing us from loving our neighbors well? This was already what I think was there, that we are quickly going to where we disagree with people instead of common ground. We're going quickly to what we don't like about somebody instead of where we can agree. And and that was already there. The pandemic just heightened it, and we've globbed on to a few issues around it that have become, in my mind, quite silly that we're fighting about these things, when really we could find some common ground and really focus in on that and move forward together. I like that. As soon as you said common ground, that reminded me of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul says there, uh, I think it's verse 22, he says, everywhere I go... 
uh, I try to find common ground with everyone mm-hmm. uh, so I can do what I can to share the gospel with them. So he doesn't go looking for the differences and telling them why they're wrong, but he looks, he says, for the things they have in common and just loving them and showing Jesus to them in the midst of that common ground then. Right. And I like that the it points out that the goal is to be able to share the gospel with people. Yeah. People aren't going to receive the gospel from us if we're leading for with where we disagree with them. They're not yeah. going to receive the good news and the hope if we're angry and not displaying the fruits of the spirit. And so that's why I have a chapter titled the fruit is good because really when we display the fruits of the spirit, it's so good and enticing to people, especially now it feels very counter to how people are interacting in the world. When people lead with gentleness and goodness and self-control, everyone around us kind of looks and says, what is going on with her? Why is she different? And so we can remember that not only are we looking for those things in other people, but when other people see the goodness in us, which is the Holy Spirit working in us, it is going to be an avenue to tell them about who God is, but we have to lead with God working in us first. Um, not only, so Paul says, share the, the gospel, but he also says then share in its blessings. Uh, mm. And yeah, we sure miss out on blessings in life when we're only looking at where we disagree and are angry with people. Like you said, talking about the fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that gets back to, Um, the work that I do that my husband does and not everybody works in full-time ministry, but everybody can do something to love our neighbors well. And when we lead with believing the best in them, it's just easier to make those personal one-on-one connections because when people feel loved and appreciated for what's good in them, that gives them a boost that is going to build trust. And just, I just think that it is the way forward for us as believers to interact with the world in a way that's not just healthy, that's effective. One thing that was, I keep saying this word, but it it doesn't really fit with everything. But one thing that was great about this pandemic was the fact that we were home and that we were isolated. This gave us time to do exactly what you're telling us to do gave us time to sit and stare at our window and go, (laughs) hey, look at all of this beauty. Look at all these animals. Look at these simple things in life that God has created. It gave us that time to just take it all in. Obviously, the busyness has returned moving forward. How do we keep that mindset that we had when we were stuck and we had nowhere else to go, but but with God and sitting in your house all alone? Mm hmm. Oh, I like that you bring this up because slowing down is key to seeking out goodness. Uh, You know, I titled the book Seeking Out Goodness instead of Searching for Goodness, because I learned that when you search for something, you're not sure if you're going to find it. But when you're seeking it out, Uh you, you know that it's there and you're looking for it. And we live at such an incredible pace. And I did love this too, about the pandemic that we all had to slow down 
And, and this was hard for some people because slowing down means you have to deal with your feelings. It means you have to deal with the hard in your life, the circumstances, the relationships, or the broken relationships. And so when we slow down, we are more likely to see God at work. I heard someone say recently, you know, Jesus walked this earth at seven miles an hour. He could have entered at any time in history. He could have entered in any way. And he chose to be a man that walked, which is a pretty slow pace given our current state when I jump in my car and right. I zoom around. And and so to consider, okay, he chose to walk through his neighborhood his community at that pace, if I do that, I am more likely to notice because we have to slow down to be able to notice. And then as we notice the details, we see good in the minute and it reminds us of good on the large scale, which is God's goodness. And I say in the book, you know, we have this trajectory or story as a human race of creation. God made us, he called it good. The fall, we have separation. And then um, reconciliation when Jesus comes and redemption when he rises and we're waiting for that final redemption again. And so that's our big macro story as people, but that pattern plays itself out over and over again in the micro, in our daily life. If we allow it to, and if we partner with God, we have that opportunity for reconciliation and redemption because we don't have to look far to see creation. God made some good things. And then the fall, those things are, are not being used as he intended. Um, but we as believers can then work with him towards reconciliation and redemption. And so that's where we must slow down to say, God, where are you at work so that I can help reconcile, whether it's people, whether it's a system, whether it's um, my own relationship with you. And then once reconciliation happens, we can work to and see how God is going to redeem things and make all things new. I really like that. And I liked what you said about slowing down, but help me because I have like, 23 uh, internet tabs open right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just before I started talking, I had three different apps send me notifications all at once as you're talking. Yep. And I have three meetings coming up right away. How do I slow down? <laughs> and yeah. <pay> attention? <laughs> I, yeah, I think that you touched on what it is for us is technology yeah. gives us, it talks to us constantly. So I carry my phone around and it it's constantly talking to me. And so, you know, you can do some tricks like minimizing the number of notifications you get and all of that. Um, but really, I, I think for me, it gets down to my schedule too. And blocking off enough time that I am not literally rushing from one thing to the next, so that if and when I am interrupted, and I talk about this in my book, Loving My Actual Neighbor, about being interruptible. When I'm interrupted because a person is standing in front of me and needs my attention or calls me on that phone or texts me on that phone, I have enough margin in my life to respond. And so 
I am tempted to say yes to everything. And that means I need to say no to more so that when I look at my schedule for the day, I know that there's enough buffer that if I need to move things around, if I have some half hour slots where I'm not booked, that means if a conversation goes longer, I'm not panicked and stressed, I can be present in it. Or if a task takes longer, again, I'm not stressed. And I think schedule makes a big difference. For those who are interested in learning about you, about learning about this book, which I'm just staring at the cover right now, and I love it. I'm following the path that is mm-hmm. on the cover there. How can they go about uh, learning more about you and the book? So you can um, find me at alexandrakirkendall.com. You just have to make sure you spell my funny last name right. <laughs> And, um, and then I have a weekly podcast with a friend of mine called the Open Door Sisterhood Podcast. Uh, you can find that on iTunes or you can look us up um, at theopendoorsisterhood.com. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Yes, great thank talking you. with you. And thank you so much for joining us. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation again, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that podcast at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.